0: Grace and peace, happy Thanksgiving, and yes, we have two comic strips this morning. Yeah. Miss Formwood is at the front of the class and she says, if there are no questions, we'll move on to the next chapter. Calvin says, I have a question. Certainly, Calvin, what is it? What's the point of human existence? I meant... <clears throat> I meant any questions about the subject at hand. Oh, frankly, I'd like to have the issue resolved before I expend any more energy on this. (laughs) And we have one more from Peanuts. Charlie Brown is lying there awake. He says, sometimes I lie awake at night and I ask myself, is this all there is? Then I hear a voice that says, what kind of a question is that? Well, I think it's a pretty good question actually. Thursday I had my annual Medicare physical at the Austin Regional Clinic with my my primary doctor. And I had some questions about the COVID vaccines. Uh, were they safe? Were they effective? And he said with new medicines it takes a long time to know. Vaccines have side effects. And he said, back in 2020, it was a crazy time. And he said, we just didn't know. So I wanted to talk to somebody that I could trust with my questions. He thanked me for asking, and then he had a question or two for me. And he said, how was you know, the exercise doing? And <clears throat> how much Dr. Pepper was I drinking each day? He'd gone to Medlin. Well, when I was a student at the University of Texas at Arlington, I was studying history and a fellow history student, um, we were sitting around one night, and she was very uninformed about Christianity. She had a, I don't know, a pretty negative view, I think, and she knew next to nothing about Christmas, about the joy and the promise of Jesus' birth. It's like, can anything good come out of Bethlehem? And I just was wondering, um, I thought about making her a mix CD, but it was against the law. Anyway, so um, I'm just thinking, you know, she needs to come to some of the programs or programs like we are having uh, in the next few weeks. Our cup runneth over. A lot of work has gone into them, and I hope you can, can, can come for some of those. But I've been thinking for a while about maybe launching a website to answer some of these basic questions, and my wife suggests that I call it Woodypedia, and one section of that would be tackling the big questions of life. I'd like to share a few of the answers that I've been working on, but as a foundation text, I would like to read 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. This may well be Paul's last letter. He was in prison facing execution. He writes to his dear, his beloved child in Ephesus. He was having his own struggles and challenges. Verse 14, Paul says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. That would probably be his mother and his grandmother maybe Paul too, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through Jesus Christ, through faith in Christ Jesus. Wisdom in a world of confusion. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable, beneficial for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God, God's person, may be competent, complete, equipped, furnished for every good work. And so we need a solid foundation for a trustworthy source for living well. So, some very brief answers to some very big questions. And I'm, t- I'm trying to aim at, you know. Maybe people who have never studied or thought or heard uh, what we know. So question number one, what is the Bible? It's God's inspired book, a library, if you will, a collection, a carefully preserved treasury of 66 books from the author of life. The Bible is the word or revelation of God, His story, enduring truth for the human race, our instruction manual. We believe it is inspired, given through God's spirits to our spirits, God's spirit to our spirits, to light our path, to equip us for life. The Bible tells us who God is, what he's done for us, what he expects in return. It tells us who we are. It reveals God's will, what he wants us to do and be, how we got here, and where we're going. It tells us how we are to love and obey God, how we are to love and serve one another. A lot more could be said. Number two, who is God? God is our creator, the mighty one. Our loving Father in heaven, he made the entire universe from the vast galaxies to all living things, to every subatomic particle, to the beauty that surrounds us. He transcends time and space. That is hard for me to understand. He is eternal. He has always been and always will be God. Never out of date. He is not the force, some impersonal energy field. He is our personal father, someone we love and who loves us. Since he made us, he knows what's best for us. He is the ultimate authority for human conduct, and he is the ultimate joy of our hearts, the one who fulfills our deepest longings, our provider and sustainer, who is truly worthy, truly worthy of our praise and gratitude and deepest reverence. Now I have a song I'd like to share with you, the words, the lyrics. Um, my senior year in high school, I sang with a concert choir. Our director, Ozzie Ozenkop, blessed me, blessed the group with this song that we performed at a thanksgiving assembly i'm just like to read the words we plow the fields and scatter the good seed on the land but it is fed and watered by god's almighty hand he sends the snow in winter the warmth to swell the grain the breezes and the sunshine and soft refreshing rain and then the chorus All good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. Then thank the Lord, oh, thank the Lord for all his love. Verse 2, he only is the maker of all things near and far. He paints the wayside flower. He lights the evening star. The winds and waves obey him. By him, the birds are fed. Much more to us, his children, he gives our daily bread. And in the chorus and in the the, the last verse. We thank thee then, O Father, for all things bright and good, the seed time and the harvest, our life, our health, our food. Accept the gifts we offer, for all thy love imparts, and what thou most desirest, our humble, thankful hearts. And in the chorus, all good gifts around us come from heaven above. Then thank the Lord, oh, thank the Lord for, his all, for all his love. Question number three, who is Jesus? He is God's eternal Son sent from heaven, our Savior and Lord, who is one with the Father, the promised messiah of israel the prince of peace the king of kings who walked among us in the flesh who brings life in its fullness we could say so much more number 4 who is the holy spirit god's invisible living presence in those who believe both individually in each heart and together when we assemble in his name. I made a list here. The Spirit of God convicts us, guides us, strengthens us, equips us, assures us, and transforms us. Number five, what is the Trinity? There is a deep mystery to the nature of God. We, sh- we should expect that. The Bible presents God as three, yet one. A living unity of three persons. Father, Son, and Spirit. Creator, Redeemer, and Counselor. The Trinity. In Colossians 2, verse 9, you read in the King James Version, the word Godhead. I think that's a good translation. The blessed three in one. Three distinct persons who share the same nature, the same essence. Three who's in one what? A mutual relationship, an organic community of giving and receiving love. Number six, who are we? We are creatures. Made in the likeness of God, divine image bearers, distinctly like our Creator. Here is the grand basis for human worth and dignity. We reflect, we represent to the rest of creation. God put us in charge of His good world, we are His. We are not our own. We belong to him, not to ourselves. In biblical terms, he is a shepherd. We are his sheep. He is the king. We are his royal subjects. He is our father. We are dearly loved children. So a question, is this my body? Well, maybe the answer is yes and no. I mean, yes, in that I'm the caretaker of it. I live in it. It makes up who I am. But in another sense, no, it's really God's. And I need to take good care of his property, his artwork, his workmanship, which means to drink Dr. Pepper in moderation. (laughs) Number seven... Why are we here? Well, according to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To fear God and keep his commandments, Ecclesiastes 12. The fear, the reverence of God is the foundation of wisdom. To know God, to love God, to obey God, to love our neighbor, to love one another, other people, as God has loved us. And then the first direct command to the human race was, be fruitful and multiply. We are created, male and female, to form families, to marry, to become one, to bear and nurture children little copies of us and from anthony eslin boys and girls men and women are for one another and he says we should delight in the opposite sex and by that he means the boyishness of boys and the girlishness of girls the manliness of men and the womanliness Of women. Viva la différence. Number eight, what's wrong? Every last one of us, the entire human race, is guilty of sin, disobeying our Maker. Sin corrupts us, damages us, blinds us. It hurts those around us and those who will follow us. It tears us apart. It has infected God's good world. It is a deadly power that takes over our hearts and lives. Worst of all, it mars our relationship with God, who is absolute goodness. It pushes us away from the Father, who is holy and pure. Our sin grieves God. It separates us from God. We are accountable for the wrong we do, the harm we cause. So number nine, what is the solution? God sent his one and only son to rescue us from sin, to put us right with God, to make us right, to blot out the guilt, to clean us up inside to heal our division, and to inaugurate the eternal reign of God. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead are the turning point of history. Jesus gave his life that we might live. He died to defeat death. He paid the price for our wrong. An infinite being bringing infinite healing forgiveness and restoration. And God calls us to repent to turn from our selfish defiant ways to him in faith. And we are united with Jesus at baptism born again into the forever family. And I had a a side point on this. What is truth? Because truth is under attack. A statement or idea is true if it matches reality. What is genuine? Correct. Trustworthy. We do not invent truth. We receive it. We, are, we don't control truth. It controls us. Justice in our courts. And in our life together is impossible without truth. On the south entrance of the University of Texas at Austin, on in its on the main building, are inscribed these words: Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. of Of course, ultimately we find truth in Jesus: the way, the truth, the life. Number 10. Does God care about us? More than words can tell. Our Father knows us better than we know ourselves. He loves us in spite of ourselves. He sustains our bodies, nourishes our souls. He keeps our hearts beating. He is kind, patient, and generous. Always near. We are never, ever alone. He is touched by our grief. When we suffer, he suffers with us. And finally, the Father will bring his children through death to the other side, to life everlasting, to beauty and joy beyond imagination. With his people throughout the ages Made perfect with his mighty angels and, of course, with his beloved Son and Spirit. Nothing, not suffering, not sickness, not death, can separate us from the love of God. Blessed be his name. One final illustration from Anthony Esselen, and I'm, I'm done. Esalen talks about the 1939 film classic, Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Mr. Chipping looks back upon his more than 60 years as a teacher and a sometime headmaster at Brookfield School and remembers with fondness the many boys he taught. Mr. Chipping, Mr. Chips, as the boys name him in a jaunty way, wasn't always a friendly fellow or an effective teacher. I suppose it is a common mistake to make, especially if you're teaching boys, to be a disciplinarian and a stickler for the rules and to forget that the rules have a purpose. And if they're not serving that purpose, then you must be doing something wrong. Mr. Chipping learns that lesson slowly as he awakes to what he is as a teacher. But he doesn't do that all on his own. It's his love for the beautiful woman who became his wife that changes him. Much to the surprise of his colleagues who never supposed that Mr. Chipping could ever be the sort to marry. So, goodbye Mr. Chips is a love story. And in fact, love suffuses the film not with sentimentality, but with a strong conviction that certain things are good and sacred, and to be remembered, fostered, and passed on to all who can receive them. Our church is committed to passing on things that are good and sacred and worth remembering. As a boy, I was so blessed to be taught the gospel, to be told the truth, to learn of God's love and his son, and that when we rebel, we can repent. When we turn back, the Father will meet us with open arms, right? That forgiveness and transformation, real change, are possible through God's gracious son and renewing spirit. This morning, we invite anyone in need of God's grace, of salvation, of renewal, of transformation, to come to the front and let us help you if we can. Whatever your need, we invite you as we stand now and sing.